up here and had you standing up and shaking hands while they were dismissing. So go ahead, stand up and shake hands.
Glad to have Brother Donahue and Miss Donahue back tonight. I wasn't sure after this morning. Did you get a couple of hours sleep today? Not any? Man, um, I, I see now why you got on that bright red jacket because you're trying to, you know, keep awake here. You've got to have something hot and flashy. <laughs> uh, we're going to let him have a rest tonight. We won't, we won't make you do anything tonight. You can just relax and enjoy the service. But uh, great service this morning. I, I really, uh, you can feel the Spirit of God here in our midst this morning, and I thank the Lord so much for that. Um, next Sunday is Faith Promise Missions Offering Sunday, and uh, so we want you to really be, really be praying extra hard this week, getting ready for next Sunday and uh, the offering and what you're going what you're going to be giving to missions this coming year? Some uh, some people ask me, uh, why do you why do you do that? Why do you want people to fill out a card or anything? <clears throat> so it, we'll have an idea of how much we're going to be giving to missions. So that if we can add additional missionaries or give them raises, give them raises. You like that, don't you? <laughs> Things like that. So uh, so it's. Needful. You don't have to put your name on or anything. Just put down the amount that God's impressed on your heart to give. Uh, we will not send the deacons around if you fail to give it, because we won't know who who filled the card out and who what amount that uh, you were promised to give and all that. So, so uh, you don't have to worry about that. That's between you and the Lord. And so we just leave it up to the Lord. If you don't give it, then the Lord will collect it, and He does a better job than we do. So, and then uh, Sunday night, hopefully Sunday night, we'll be having installation of deacons here after almost three months now. I guess it's about time, isn't it? Um, so, I guess that's it. That's all the announcements. I'm not used to this, but Brother Tony's used to giving the announcements, so uh, this is kind of new for, new for me. I have to get back into the rut here again. All right, uh, Michael, what you got? In number 24, in number 24, please take your hymn book out and stand and turn to hymn number 24 and let's sing out on the next time he comes. From the lofty courts of heaven, came upon on earth to bloom, knowing when he left his father that his fate would be the tomb, but the grave, it could not hold him. Angels rolled the stone away. Now the mighty rose of Sharon is still blooming yet today. But the next time he comes, he won't have to die for me. The next time he comes, there won't be a Calvary.
All right, we're going to need a uh, lapel mic down here, Mickey or somebody over there. Bring us a lapel mic down for, for the Gavilla. Brother Gavilla and his wife, Ms. Gavilla, would you stand, please? I, I think most everybody knows you, but in case there's some that do not. And she's the better half of this guy that's going to be speaking here tonight, Brother Gavilla. And... Um, I've asked him to come. He's going to present his ministry, the work that he does, and and hopefully we'll, we'll have some slides that'll that'll be able to work. But um, he said they were having some difficulty with it up there. So if not, then he will just explain to you verbally uh, what his ministry is. We'll get you a mic here in just a second, brother. Here they are. Here he is. All right, brother, come come right on and present your work. Good evening. It's an honor to be here. My wife and I count this as our second church home. Um, and uh, Nikki, uh, were you able to get those slides? Okay. We're uh, Phil and Elia Gavila, uh, international missionary sponsored by First Baptist Church of East Bay in Riverview, Florida. Our church stands for soul winning, separation, evangelism, and the King James Version. This is our 51st year of ministry. For 45 years, we were in church planning, soul winning, and training national preachers in Latin America. And now for these, uh, after we've come off the field, we're still on the field, the field's the world. But uh, these last six years, we've been international missionaries where every two months uh, before COVID, Every two months, we would go to a different mission field and do whatever the pastor or the national pastor or the missionary wanted us to do. If he wanted us to teach on the family revival, soul winning, we'd do that. But we do specialize in PowerPoint presentations on uh, vital subjects in this age of apostasy. And I'll give you a sample a little later of uh, those presentations, but for now, um, let me share with you some of the countries that we have been in. We go to Cuba. Uh, we've been there four times. It's the hardest country to get into. I was born in Miami, Florida, but my grandmother was born in Havana. And I lived, in, this is the city of the Cienfuegos on the southern coast of Cuba. To the left is the communist headquarters. And of course, it's a uh, port. And the Baptist church there has a seminary. And so I'm speaking to the staff and students against Calvinism, the case against five-point Calvinism. Here's another seminar where I'm teaching against contemporary Christian music. Thanks for those amens. I appreciate it. And this is Santeria. Santeria is a, a, a demonic religion peculiar to, to Cuba. Uh, it's a mixture of West African religion Roman Catholicism and Spiritism. And the Communist Party is letting this man beg for money without any problems, obstructing there on the sidewalk. And uh, 
and they say nothing to him. And, but if the Baptist pastor whose church is across the street tries to pass out tra salvation tracts, they'll stop him right away. Here I am in uh, Bogota, Colombia, holding a seminar for a church on Sunday morning that sponsors a seminary. Um, here we are in East Africa, in Kenya, near the capital of Nairobi. Um, I've held four seminars for four different groups of pastors on the dangers of the Pentecostal charismatic movement. We cover its history and its uh, uh, error. North of the Sahara, it's all Muslim, but south, sub, uh, sub-Sahara Africa, the charismatic movement has spread like wildfire. And so that's what, that's what they've always asked for, was training on that. Here are five pastors from Uganda which are, who are part of a larger group. And these men have seen Muslims kidnap people and then take them to public slave markets and they sell them into all the Muslim countries. Here I am in Haiti. Um, they, they speak French and I'm on, on a seminar on the Pentecostal charismatic movement. And what they do, they mix their voodoo with Roman Catholicism. They feel perfectly at home with that. And just near where I'm teaching here, they pointed out to me a priestess of the voodoo cult. Here I am in Guadalajara, where, by the grace of God, we planted this church. I'm preaching their homecoming. We uh, raised about eight or $9,000 for this bus that we gave to Ebenezer Baptist Church in Saltillo, Mexico. They also use it for their seminary. Now, here are some of the PowerPoint seminars that we spe specialize in. This is a ministry to churches, schools, and Bible colleges to equip believers to combat error. We teach young earth biblical creationism. We have 376 slides on it and four programs. We cover dinosaurs, when they were created, their relationship to Adam and Eve, and how the flood affected the dinosaurs. And then we cover the proven hoaxes that are taught as truth to your children in the textbooks. We refute the Nebraska man, the Neanderthal man, the Peking man, the Java man, and don't forget Lucy. We don't leave her out. Then we cover the age of the earth. We give biblical evidence for a young earth. We believe the earth is about 6,000 years old. We ought to talk about thousands of years, not millions, much less billions of years. And uh, we also give scientific proof for a young earth. We cover the six days of creation. We believe that there are six literal 24 solar days. We do not believe the day-age theory. We give 11 reasons for not believing in the gap theory, which simply accommodates all the ecological ages of the evolutionist. Then we have 396 slides on Islam. And moderate Muslims claim that Islam is a religion 
of peace, yet historically Islam has never spread into a nation but by a sword and a bloody one at that. One of the heartbreaking things of Islam is the abuse of women. All these women were killed in honor killings to hold up the honor of the family. These women either started dating a non-Muslim, they uh, got a job at Wendy's or they dressed with Western wear or they visited a, a Baptist church and to uphold the family honor, they had to take their life. Not only mom and dad, but the siblings participate in the murder. Here we have girls that are elementary school aged, being, having their childhood robbed from them and being married to men that are 25, 30, 35, and 40 years of age. Uh, Mohammed was a pedophile, and it, that continues in Islam. Then this is an ISIS warrior selling a slick sex slave. This is part of the booty in one of the wars in Iraq or Afghanistan. This, he is selling this slave to the highest bidder. Notice that she is chained. And this is not happening in some back alley in Afghanistan, Iraq, or Syria. This is happening in a, a neighborhood in London. It's a public auction, and it's a no-go zone where the police are afraid to go in. There are hundreds of no-go zones in Paris where the police will not go in. The squad, if they had their way in our legislature, they would have America under Sharia law. And then we cover the Pentecostal Charismatic Movement. Um, we got the CH off there, but it's history and error. And all the main personalities in the Pentecostal Charismatic Movement have been plagued with financial or sexual scandals. Amy Simple, I mean uh, Simple McPherson, uh, she was uh, very flamboyant. She was a, a show woman and uh, she committed adultery with her song leader and also took her own life in 1944. Then here's Benny Hinn being caught in the act of coming out of a hotel in Rome, Italy with Paula White, who used to pastor down the street here, down the road in Lakeland, Florida. And of course, Jimmy Swaggart ran with prostitutes and we have Jim and Tammy Faye Baker involved in financial and sexual scandals. Here, the, the Pentecostals, every main Pentecostal leader has met with a Pope. They are very ecumenical and we see word of faith, Kenneth Copeland standing next to the Pope. And then a little farther to the back, we have James Robinson, ex-Southern Baptist evangelist. Uh, we have three hours of teaching on the subject of uh, speaking in, t in tongues. We cover, in the theology of tongues, we cover the nature of tongues, what is it? Then we cover the regulation of tongues. And here are eight regulations the Apostle Paul put on tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. And the modern charismatic movement doesn't honor one of them. And then uh, next we have 
the cessation of tongues. We teach when tongues ceased, why they ceased. And uh, the average Baptist in America cannot give scripture as to why tongues have ceased. And that's a shame. And then we have the case against Calvinism. We have 182 slides uh, on this. Calvinism did not begin with John Calvin. It began 1,100 years before Calvin with Augustine of Hippo. And he is considered by true Baptists as the father of apostate theology. 50 million Baptists were martyred by the whore of Rome during the dark medieval ages. But the Calvinists, they wanted their part in it. They murdered seven in, in uh, Zurich, Switzerland. The Calvinists murdered seven million Baptists. They drowned them in the Lamont River. My wife and I were there in 2003, uh, right there on the spot where it happened. And uh, do not let any Calvinist intimidate you by saying, if you're not a Calvinist like me, then you are an Armenian. No, it's not either. It's neither. Baptists are neither Calvinist or Armenian. They're in the middle. And then we cover the five points of Calvinism. Most of the se this seminar is dedicated to refuting the five points of Calvinism. And a lot of Baptist pastors say, well, I'm at least a two-point Calvinist. Uh, I believe in total depravity, but total depravity is just a smoke screen. They really believe in total inability that no man is able to repent and believe the gospel. And perseverance of the saint, the saints is not eternal security. If you persevere, you're saved. If you don't persevere, you're not saved. That is an eternal security. And uh, then we have the seven dangers of contemporary Christian music. We have 153 slides on this. And this is so important for young people uh, in, in church. And I commend Central Baptist and its pastor and its song leader for standing against contemporary Christian music. It is not worship. It is entertainment. Is music neutral? And what we mean by music we're talking about the music, not the lyrics, not the words. Music is a language in itself for good or evil. And if you have a sensual, a sensual syncopation to a song, it will undo the words, even though the words are scripture itself. The sensual syncopation will undo the words. And so um, if it can be proven that it is not neutral, you destroy the foundation of contemporary Christian music. And here we have Bill Gaither, the king of Southern Gospel. And notice what he says. God speaks through all styles of music. That means that hymns can be set to rock, according to Bill Gaither, to rock and jazz and pop and merengue and salsa and you name it. And uh, the, word, the sensual beat will undo the music. And this is what's going on in independent fundamental churches across America. Let's say they've got Southern gospel. It could be some other type. They've got Southern gospel, and then they slide into contemporary Southern gospel. And from there, they slide into contemporary music. And then the youth will go right into secular rock, and you've lost them. 
And here we have Rick Warren, uh, who pushes the contemporary music. I am for the scripture-driven church, not the purpose-driven church. And here we have Darlene Sesh of Hillsong Music. Hillsong Music is all over the world. It's charismatic. It's ecumenical. Uh, my wife and I were at a Sunday worship service uh, several years ago just down, this, uh, down at Plant City. And they had Shout to the Lord. Independent Baptists ought not to be playing the songs of Hillsong Music. You ought not to be identifying with contemporary music in any way. And uh, so thank you so much for... Uh, your attention tonight. May God bless you. All right, Brother Goodman. Come on. And um, he's going to, this morning he spoke in Sunday school, but I've asked him to come tonight and present his ministry. And um, so, are, are y'all going to sing? <laughs> they might, but I won't. G'day. Yeah. Boy, come on, one more time. G'day. There you go. Glad to be here again tonight. Uh, of course, this is Christopher. I don't know how many of you have met him and my wife, Sonia. And we have been missionaries now for the last nearly 18 years. And uh, we praise the Lord for it. We love going to Australia, love being there. Our son was born there. Uh, many of you may or may not remember. When we were here the first time, we asked for every church to pray that we might have a child. And we prayed for nine years. It was until we arrived in Australia that the Lord blessed us with this guy. Or, yes, he's a blessing. Hey. <laughs> and so he was born in Australia. He's our little Aussie baby. Uh, not a baby anymore. Sorry, son. Sorry. 13. Uh, but I'd like to first start off by sharing a little bit about my history in Australia. I grew up there as a missionary child. My parents were missionaries there for 25 years. Many of you know my mom and dad, Harvey and Linda Goodman. And the Australia that I grew up in was very different than today because they spoke very much uh, slang music, uh, slang music, slang talking. Uh, and so you could really, it was almost a different language. So what we'd like to do is I'm going to speak the old, uh, old Australian that I grew up with, and then my wife will interpret for you. This is not tongues, by the way. <laughs> it's just, uh, just what I learned as a child. G'day. Hello. We're Chris and Sonia Goodman going down to Dallas. Chris and Sonia Goodman going to Australia. We've been flat out looking at these drinks since we got on the road. We've been very, very busy since we got on the road. We're Dinky Dye and Planet Nino's Jesus Christ. We are the real thing and plan on leading others to Jesus Christ. Australia's been on Black Stump, you know? Australia's a long ways away. Oh, but to hear me talk like this, you think our kangaroos is in the top paddock, eh? To hear him talking like this, you think he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest smile comes on her face when she gets to say that part. But me and Sheila, thank you folks for having us here, but I better yeah, but too much to do, mate. Me and Chris, thank you so much for having us here, but we've been talking too much. See you later. What do you think now? <laughs> that was the language I grew up with, and it was, it was really hard. The number one thing I would always say was, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they'd go, oh, my goodness, you Yanks talk so slow. <laughs> so that's what I, uh, I grew up with, and uh, I will let my wife share a little bit of her testimony real quickly. Just thank you so much for having us back here. Um, you're always such a blessing. But uh, I'll just share a quick testimony. I was saved at the age of 23, surrendered at the first missions conference I'd ever um, gone to to be a pastor's wife or missionary wife, went away to Bible college, met my husband, um, and we were in the ministry in Missouri. He was co-pastoring a church with his dad, 
And he came to me one day and he said, what do you think about going to Australia as missionaries? And I said, there is no way. And I went away, and that was the end of the conversation. And I went away and prayed, God, if that's where you want us, I need to be willing to go. But if it's not, you need to change his heart because I don't think it's what you want us to do. <laughs> and um, so I prayed about it, and God started working on my heart. And I went back to him, and I said, God, if God wants us there, I might be willing to go. And then the Lord just impressed on me that that's where he wanted us. And I went back to him. I said, if that's where God wants us, let's go. And the reason why I had such a hard time was because he shared all these stories of when he grew up um, in Australia and all that he went through. And so all those things were going through my mind. And also I was, I, I was insecure about it. I thought, what could I offer these people? You know, what, what could I do? And it was just the Lord was like, it's not you, it's me. So he just wants us to be willing to be used in whatever way um, he wants to use us. I, um, I want you to know that when we go back, Australia is a different country from what we left just recently. With COVID and everything like that, there's been such a change there that we are shocked by what we hear on the TV. And I think it was mentioned earlier, I don't have my phone with me, but on, in Australia right now, you have to put a QR code on your phone, and every business that you walk into, you must scan it. That lets the business know whether you've been vaccinated or not, and then it also lets the government know everywhere that you go, so if there is some kind of outbreak, they can trace you and follow you. But what's really bad is that sometimes they'll send you a text message, and that text message tells you to go out front of the business, take a selfie, send it to them to verify that that's where you are. So I don't know how you are, but I do not like that. <laughs> so we're praying that that will be eased and that life will get back to normal over there. The people have accepted it. It's been crazy. I, I don't understand why they've fallen for it so much, but do that, please. And the other thing is, of course, that while we are going back there, they only, at the last time that I looked, they only allowed about 750 people per week into the country. So that's about two plane loads, roughly, or three somewhere around two to three plane loads of people. And the prices have gone from normally being about thirteen to $1,500 per person to $3,000 per person. And then once we arrive there, we have to spend two weeks inside a hotel room quarantined, not able to leave the room whatsoever, and we have to stay there. They bring us the food and everything, laundry and all that. You can't step outside the door. They lay the food at the door, knock on it, and they walk away and leave. And so I don't know how you are, but uh, a 13-year-old in a small room for two weeks, I need your prayers. <laughs> a great child, by the way, great child. But we're, we're uh, also, that, that will cost us $4,600 to do that. So it's going to be $14,000 just for us to get back to the country and get inside there. Uh, so there's a lot of prayers that are needed that things will settle down. The country will wake up to what's going on and, and get their freedom back. Uh, pray for them. Pray for them desperately that, that we'll be able to, because a lot of the churches that we have started over there, they've had to, they've been kicked out of their buildings. The government kicked them out, won't let them meet in them anymore because of COVID. And so we, that is another obstacle that we must overcome once we're back there. But we, we try to share all these things, and I shared with you some of what's the battles that I personally fought. Uh, always pray for all the missionaries for physical health. Amen? Missionaries. Yeah. We need those prayers so much. 
And I want you to watch this video. These are churches that were started through your giving to us in missions in Australia. The souls that you'll see up there are a result of your giving, as I shared this morning, through giving to missions. They are on account of Central Baptist Church and their witness around the world. I look at these flags and these countries, and I just, I'm just amazed at what the Lord can do through the small amount that we give. Amen? As a matter of fact, I want to share just one quick little thing, and then I'll, I'll retire for a little bit here. But when you give to a missionary, and a missionary goes over there and they start a church, we then have missions conferences also. And on our missions conferences, we commit to giving to missions, and we support missionaries also, which then we send out around the world. So you may see that you're giving to the Goodman family to help start churches, but we start churches, and then they send out missionaries. So your missions dollars goes far beyond the world and where you never will see uh, on earth what happens with that missions money. But God knows, and one day you will also know. So please don't, don't ever quit prayer and financial support. We thank you so much for being with us for all these years. I believe you've been with us almost all of our time as missionaries. And right now we're going to take a trip down under to Australia, and we're happy to answer any questions that you may have afterwards after the services about Australia. G'day. I'm Chris. This is my wife, Sonia, and our son, Christopher. G'day. G'day. We are the Goodmans, your missionaries to Australia. And right now we want to take you back to Australia to share our passion for the people of Australia, our ministries in Australia, and we hope that you enjoy this. Talking to me? You talking to me? This is the city of Brisbane, which has approximately 2 million souls. Our next work that we'll be returning to is one hour south. It is called the Gold Coast. Look at these many, many souls who are desperately in need of a savior. Just to give you a little bit of uh, idea of the cost of living in Australia, 10 bananas is approximately $6.30. Uh, as a matter of fact, we love Krispy Kreme, but in Australia, they're about $30 a dozen. And of course, one quart of cookies and ice cream is $11, $9.10 for a pound of chicken, $3.59 for a gallon of milk, $4.80 a gallon 
for gas and a place to rent. Well, you're looking at $575 a week for rent. Well, basically, he's just saying hello to you people in America, homeless people in Australia. If you blokes wouldn't mind what Chris and Sonia are using the frog and toad. That basically means, well, they're in the RV out on the road. Could you please throw them to Bob? They could really use some bugs money. That means they need the support while they're out on the road so that they can get some money. They are true blue mates and they have fair income. That means they're really true friends and they're truthful about what they're doing. Chris is in his bag of fruit, asking you to help them throw up the lifeline to those down under. That means he's basically dressed all nice for you people today so that he can come back down under and throw up the lifeline. We have Sheila's blokes and diggers who really need to find Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Once again, he's basically saying that girls, boys, and senior citizens who really need the Lord. What that means, once again, is that we have young men and women and uh, young children. Okay, we have women and men and senior citizens who really need to find the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal son. This is a picture of Karen. She came to our church with her husband, but did not know Jesus Christ as her savior. And here's a picture of her baptism and what a difference in her life was made when she accepted Jesus Christ. This couple, their names are Selwyn and Lene. They came to our church and after the first service, they came up to me and said, Oh, oh, my goodness, uh, Pastor, can we ask you a question? I was, I was really confused and didn't know what to think about it, but they said, may we come back? And I said, sure you can. And, of course, they got saved, and I was able to baptize them. He is calling you and me into the world. How will they hear that there's a God who loves them? How can the blind regain their sight? How can the lost find hope unless we second work that we started in Australia, New Hope Baptist Church. This young man's name is Adrian. He attended our church with his mother, and it was a few weeks afterwards that he came to me after the services one morning and said, Pastor, I would like to be saved. 
I took him to the back of the room, shared the plan of salvation with him, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. The tears were running down his face, and at his feet was a pool of water from his transformation. What a change in this man's life. throngs of people in Australia who are desperately in need of a Savior, Jesus Christ. Please help us as we return to Australia. Pray for us as we go back that we might win more to Jesus Christ. Appreciate the ministry of all of these folks that have been with us today. Maybe someone here tonight, uh, I know these have not been evangelistic messages, but uh, maybe the Lord has laid on your heart about salvation. And so we want to give you an opportunity to come tonight if, you, if you're here and you do not know Christ as your personal Savior. I ask you to come. We'll have somebody to take the Bible and show you how you can be saved and how you can know it. And if you're a Christian, you need to rededicate your life. We invite you to come. Maybe someone the Lord has spoken to you about mission work, maybe even calling you to be a missionary. And we invite you to come and let us rejoice with you in that. So in a moment, we're going we're gonna to pray, and then we're going to ask you to come. And, and uh, as the invitation is given, whatever need that you have, that uh, we can help you to have that need met. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessings on the invitation time. Pray that you speak to every heart. If there is someone here tonight without Christ, I pray they'll come and be saved. If they're Christians that need to rededicate their life or someone that needs to surrender to the mission field, I pray that you'll help them to come. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. As we sing a verse of invitation song. Mm -hmm. 